This episode is brought to you by mybookie.ag. As always, there. Uh, if you guys can't tell, I, I'm not not feeling hot. Um, if you guys can see me on the camera, I'm all kinds of disheveled. Um, mybookie.ag actually paid for the nasal spray and airborne vitamin C drops to uh, to take care of your boy while I had to do what I had to do. And talking about taking care of your boy, I let you guys down. I told you to take the underdog on Anderson Silva in the UFC fight last night. I really thought he was going to win. It was a good underdog, and he did not. Uh, that was disheartening. I felt bad for letting you down, but in my defense, I seriously just gave you a massive, massive um, hint on the Henry beating Pico, and none of you guys took it. Y'all took Pico, so not my belt. Not my bad. Um, guys, mybookie.ag, it's the easiest way to play games. Makes sports way more enjoyable to watch them when you got a little extra cash on the line. So go check them out, mybookie.ag. There's a link in the bio. This episode, as well as the same episode we've been talking about, is also brought to you by Soldier Socks. Soldier Socks are the best socks you can put on your feet. I was out of town this weekend hanging out with my daughter. And I looked, I just threw a bag together, I looked, and I had one soldier sock and one and one sock. I was like, mother, I want two soldier socks. I want the best sock that there ever could be, and that's soldier socks. I like the fact that they're black socks, and there's a hint of red, white, and blue around the toe. I just think it looks clean on such a quality sock. It's a good, it's the perfect little hint. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you can know what I'm talking about by going to SoldierSocks.com. Also, when you buy a pair of socks, they send a pair of socks, same quality, to a service member who is um, you know, either actively serving or you know, maybe in need. It's a service member. Um, guys, SoldierSocks.com, you guys can use code CAM10 over there. And uh, you're, you're really supporting a great thing, and you're getting an amazing pair of socks. And they, they have pretty dope t-shirts as well. Uh, SoldierSocks.com. And finally, last but certainly not least, this episode is brought to you by B-Town CBD. Uh, my man over there hooked your boy up. He, they are now the official CBD sponsor of the Road to Redemption podcast. Um, they will be providing us with some flour and some CBD products to talk about review um i'm gonna start a whole new channel not a channel i said that last week but i'm gonna start a whole new video series of strain reviews for cbd um and i'm excited about that i've i've tried quite a few of their strains now i i need to be able to do the strain review i'm gonna try to do those this week and they're all amazing they're all amazing um i just had the one that was called um space candy very, very calming. Uh, after the weekend I've had, their CBD checks out, and he, the owner, is very, very dedicated to his labs, making sure everything comes out so it's legal, so you don't have any problems. And um, yeah, I'm very, very fortunate to be teamed up with B Town CBD. They're actually right out of the Louisville area. Um, so if you guys are looking for a CBD um, hookup and you're in Louisville, you may be able to figure something out locally. I don't know. That's something you would have to ask them. 
Um, we're working on a promo code and everything. So B Town CBD. It's at B Town underscore CBD on Instagram. I'm pretty sure there's an underscore. It'll be the only B Town CBD on Instagram. Um, again, we're getting all the logistics figured out, but their stuff heals, and we definitely appreciate that. And we appreciate you providing the show with it. So, rock on, B Town CBD. So you're telling me there's a chance. Oh Jesus, help. What is up, guys, and welcome back to this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast. How the heck are you? Guys, you should have seen the process I just had to go through to get ready for this this podcast. It's been a really, 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 really long couple weeks. Um, our whole family has been sick as crap. Uh, we've been overdrive at work. I've been down to Indiana hanging out with the, the older sis. It's been a week but right before i got in here i I rolled up some cbd and i sat outside and i was watching joe rogan's podcast and he uh he put on jocko willinks um it's his good speech guys go check that out that that fit perfect for when i needed it for and i just wanted to shout that video out real quick but i feel like we're coming to you today in a really good spot i think we got a really really good episode coming up and i'm just going to kind of start it off so with my with my daughter this weekend right when you become a parent i and especially when you do what i do which is i try to observe life from all forms and then turn around and kind of work it all out on this podcast I noticed one thing right off the bat. All over the news, I've been seeing this stuff about Liam Neeson, and he said that because one of his friends was raped by a black guy, he once walked down the street carrying whatever they whatever the term is in Britain or Scotland or wherever he's from. It's a blunt tool. He was just waiting for a black person to start some shit with him so he could kill a black person because his best friend was raped by a black person. He was saying it, talking about how disgusted he was um, that he would ever think that, and he knew how irrational it was. The verdict is out on um, what will professionally happen to Mr. Neeson. I just know that there's been a lot of chatting about that, and I guess I'll put my own two cents in here in a second, but I realized racism, stuff like that, really racism, is one of those things that it's definitely learned. You're not born a racist. When I watch my daughter and I watch her play, right? She doesn't give a fuck what you look like, what skin color you are. She doesn't care. If you're willing to play with her and you're nice to her, she's going to play with you. I looked around at my daughter's toys And her toys are like Moana and the girl, the princess from Princess and the Frog. Moana's a Hawaiian and the girl from Princess and the Frog is a black girl. She still goes, I want to be the princess from the Princess and the Frog. Doesn't think twice. 
So racism is something that we've created, right, due to events, people being terrible to one another. Slavery is obviously a terrible, terrible thing. But that's really was the start of racism. Now, some people may argue, well, that's the first time two races really are documented as being around each other. We, we've come to a place in our country where we all realize how wrong all of that was, yet we're trying to continue it. We're both trying to put it on every, on each side. Well, I'm not a racist and you're not going to, you're not going to put that on me. And it's all this stuff. I, I don't truly understand it. I don't know if it's the way that I grew up or not. Maybe it is, and maybe I'm ignorant to that. I went to school with just as many minority people as I did white people. It was it was very equal. I never looked at any other ethnicity or anything as anything other than. But on Liam Neeson's situation, where Liam Neeson, and I'm, I'm really just giving a shout out to the innocence of a child and how their brain hasn't been tainted like that. They've never paid attention to the news and allowed that to influence the way that they think of a certain situation. Kids are innocent. It's us as adults that allow that shit into our minds. Um, so with that being said, with Liam Neeson's situation, I don't think Liam Neeson's a racist. I, I think he's very, very blatantly coming out and saying, I'm disgusted by this fact about myself. Now, the thing I don't understand was why he chose to say it. Um, that I don't get. I, from what I understand, it wasn't even really in the context of the interview that they were talking about. So why he chose to say it, I think might have just kind of been a panic moment on his part where he, you know, he that's kind of the one skeleton he has in his closet. So maybe he was like, well, fuck it. Let's put it out on the jump. And then if somebody ever finds out that I thought this, you know, because now they're digging up Twitters from 10 years ago. If they start being able to track my thoughts, they're going to find this. So he was like, fuck it. I said this. I thought this. I never actually did anything about it. And was like, well, that's racist because... I don't think it was. I think it was an emotional overreaction. And I think anybody would have done something fairly similar. I know because I've done shit like that. I, I've I've had where like a certain person that I really wanted them to show attention to me. And I wanted them to love me. They were like massive Linkin Park fans. Like loved Linkin Park. So I've grown up my entire life fucking hating Linkin Park. I, I cannot stand their music. It makes me want to go insane. But that has nothing to do with their music. That's because of some subconscious bullshit in my head. I enjoy their music. I think it's good. But again, I will forever, every time Linkin Park's name is said, I'm going to go, fuck those guys. And that's terrible because, like, the lead singer committed suicide. And it's, again, they're a very talented band. But we all have stuff like that. If you've ever tried to name a child, have you ever tried to name a child? It, every name you come up with in the beginning is like, well, we can't name it Jenny because I have a cousin Jenny and I fucking can't stand her. 
So all Jennies now are pieces of shit. Or we can't call it, you know, we can't, if it's a boy, we can't call it Charles because that was my uncle's cousin's ex-boyfriend's baby dad's name. And it's that guy was a fucking dick. I sat behind him in English class. There's always. I obviously think because it was a targeted race in today's day and age, it sounds a lot worse, but it's no different. Especially when you get older and realize not naming your child, whatever, Jenny, because of some bitch who stole your seed in high school, you realize that that's not healthy and that's petty and you let that kind of shit go. That's exactly what he's saying. It's the same thing. He could have, I mean, literally, he could have been like, I fucking hated women. This lady cheated on me and I just, I fucking hate women or hated women. And then he grew out of it and realized it's not all women. It was the one. And he goes, that was dumb. Same. It just doesn't have the race card to it. So I think it's much ado about nothing. I think anybody with a reasonable brain in their head is going, Liam Neeson's not a bad person for this. And especially he volunteered the information. I think he was trying to do good by it. I think he was genuinely trying to say that there's hope. Like, you know, if I once thought this and I know now know how ignorant that was, I think, you know, we're doing pretty good. I don't know. That's just me. That's just what I think. Um, that was a big topic. That was a big one that a lot of people wanted to talk about. Uh, I was really surprised. We don't usually get a whole lot into stuff like that. Uh, I was thinking... I was thinking too, um, the differences I talked about my, my wife or my daughter, I talked about her and how she, you know, she wakes up in the morning and she doesn't see color. She just wants someone to spend time with her. She's much softer and more gentle than I was when I was a child. And then my wife was when she was a child. And I think there's genuinely something too, like this era of people that's alive now, my age, I'm, I'll be 27 uh, this Friday, and my age group of people is so different directions, right, where there's anxiety and depressions higher than it's ever been, and but we're living at a higher quality of life all across the board, unemployment rates are bottomed out, they're almost non-existent unemployment rates, and people are overall living a better quality of life and it's because from all the people that are now our age we were we were very emotional we were very emotional my generation was we would go from sitting around smoking weed listening to like Snoop Dogg making up this diabolical ass plan to make money and be able to smoke weed and never have to get real jobs or whatever. We'd listen to Dr. Dre and think about the nasty, you know, thugged out plan we were going to do. And then we'd listen to Blink-182 and go do the shit. That was our problem. It's it's higher than low. It's higher than low. And then you go out and you realize, like, dude, that didn't work. That didn't work at all. It I lost everything. But... I can now tell that story of, you know, there was a time in my life, I'm not proud of this, 
There was a time in my life when my life was at complete, complete rock bottom. I had just gotten out of a crazy, crazy relationship. I couldn't afford to live in the place that I was living by myself. My sister had to move in. And now that the dust kind of settled, I started working at McDonald's. I actually got hired on the spot to be the general manager of the McDonald's. I just had to go through the training. So I went through the training and it was going good, but I was starting to make pretty good money. Uh, Some people may or may not know, McDonald's actually pays their managers pretty well. I mean, now again, I was an 18-year-old kid. What was pretty well for me back then, I don't really remember, but it was a thousand plus it was more than I needed on the west side of Columbus, Ohio, um, as a single dude living in a split and rent with my sister. It was plenty. So I start kind of hanging out with my old group of friends, and this leads to that. I'm the only motherfucker with money. Everybody's crashing on my couch and, you know, smoking my weed and drinking my beer and shit. Because I'm the only dude that's actually working. Everybody else is still in high school. And... We get the diabolical plant. We get really into the the whole weed life. And we sitting there listening to... It was like the Carter. Or no, what was the Little Wayne uh, mixtape? Uh, the... God damn it. Why can't I remember that? I listened... No ceilings. We sat there and listened to No Ceilings. And we came up with this plan. Like, alright, well... Cam, you got this much money. Until you get paid again on this day. We were making a budget... Of that we were going to buy a shit ton of weed. And we were going to start selling it. Problem is. When you're young and dumb. You don't think. One, that's fucking illegal as shit. In the state of Ohio. There was no type of marijuana. Whatever. Also. It's dumb. It's dumb. You're a bunch of pothead kids. So what are we going to do? We smoked it all. And we partied, and we partied hard every night, and it was whatever. It's wild. And then one day I woke up, and I'm looking around, and I'm there's motherfuckers laying everywhere. Not one of them has a job. And I got eviction notices and electric bills <clears throat> stacked everywhere, all over the place. Thrown around, used as beer pong, napkins, everywhere. And I looked around and I said, I got no weed. I got no money. I quit my job because I thought I was going to be this whatever kingpin. And I'm sitting there. Me and my sister are looking at each other. We're going, boy, oh boy, we fucked this up. huh? We fucked this up good. Years. I told the story about when I went off to the army. This is right before that. This is probably a whole year before I was at that place where I was um, living in a hotel with this sketchy dude and or was going to to try to make money because I was so bad off. But I chose the National Guard instead. But like I said, that was a year later. This is where everything just really kind of kicks off. Because after the whole diabolical plans to be whatever, infamous potheads, After that, the whole different crew of people started showing up. The actual drug addicts and the meth, uh, not meth, but the pills and the shit like that. Hallucinogens. 
And then in that point in my life, I was so broken. I was so broken and I had no idea what was even, what shit was supposed to look like anymore. I was at such a low place. And then I started messing with hallucinogens and I remember one trip in specific. I'm laying on the floor in the apartment and things had kind of rebounded. I wasn't I wasn't full tilt gone yet, but I was really close. I was one trip away, one bad trip away from being ready to say fuck all. I'm done. And committing suicide. That was the that was my first time. Because I was at a place where I said, dude, fuck this. Fuck this. I can't win. I tried to do the right thing in all these situations. and God damn it. Why can't I catch a break? So I started to medicate a lot from a very young age. Because I had a lot of shit, man. When hallucinogens came into my life, it was... It was one of those things where it took me away from whatever I was thinking about or attempting to not think about. It had nothing to do with having fun and seeing funny shit. It was simply, I didn't want to be inside myself anymore. So I laid on the floor of my apartment and I remembered, you know, what I had just gone through and I saw a very bleak future coming I kind of saw a respin of the whole first situation happening again and I laid there and I watched angels and demons fight on the ceiling and I was terrified I laid on the floor not being able to move not being able to think about anything other than how scary it was to watch angels and demons fight on a ceiling literally all out war on the ceiling And I laid there for eight hours like that. And I woke up and I said, I don't ever want to do anything but that. Not not that it was. That was a terrible trip. That's not fun. But when I came out of it, for me, my, my thoughts, my emotions, all the strong ones, all the hurt, all the everything. That I felt just at that point in my life. I said I would rather watch war. Horrific angels and demons fighting on a ceiling. Than do this. And I knew at that point. I'm really broken. And I woke up the next morning planning on doing another trip that night. I had to go do my job as a dishwasher at Bob Evans. And this is where the weed really starts to kick up during this. If I wasn't tripping balls on something, we were high. And I remember sitting. I remember sitting on my floor that next morning after not sleeping for a whole night. And I sat there and I said, this is this is what they talk about in movies. This is this is when the characters fucked. This is the guy that dies in the movie. And I became at peace with that. 
because it was a lot it was a lot less painful than whatever it was that I was actually feeling so for me now the reason I tell these stories and I've the reason I tell that story is people have been asking for more of my perspective on things not not like Joe Rogan's because I talk about his a lot the reason I tell these stories is because not that I want people to think any any one way about me. I, I tell the bad shit because it's important to tell. It makes me who I am. Those are just as much real parts of my life as my time in the service was. I'm not formed more by one or the other. The discipline and the structure that I learned in the military is just as prevalent in my life as the lessons that I learned being a fuck up at 18 years old and that's why I wanted to tell you guys I think the millennials which I don't know if I'm considered a millennial or not I'll be 27 this week so somebody tell me if I'm considered a millennial I don't know if I think what's the other one generation x or something it's like my sister who's four years older than me um but I tell this story and I tell stories like it Again, you know, yeah, people are like, God damn, dude, that's incriminating. Like, shouldn't you not say stuff like that? <laughs> it's entertainment. That's the, yeah. For people that know what that means, that's what it means. Um, but they're all true stories. And when I tell them, I just want people to know where I'm coming from. My dad, my own father, he uh, he told me, Today, he said, I've never seen you be so whole. He said, dude, you tell everything. And he said, why do you do that? Why do you, why do you put yourself out there so much? And I think the only reason that I can come up with, honestly, in my head, is I told him, yeah, it kind of started where it was initially like, I, put, I said everything about myself so none of my enemies could ever come out and say it about me. I, I definitely had a bit of that in the beginning. But also, it's therapy for me. It's like, it's like anything else, right? I, I tell these stories and people either A, don't believe that they're true. You know, they think it's, I'm doing a bit or something. And then other people believe it. But they don't really. They're like, ah, you know, some of it's being fabricated, this, that, or the other. And I'm just keeping it as real as I can. Now, I've been sick, right? I've been very sick. and I've been laid up, you know. I've been trying to do everything possible. I don't take any medications. The only thing I've been trying to do is tons of CBD. I've been drinking my Yerba Mates to kind of keep me going the caffeine in them um, and like an occasional water that's been my my lifeblood the past week so I'm a little slap happy if this if this whole episode's been hard to follow I apologize um, but I, I feel like I'm giving you guys hopefully you're getting the message behind it I spend a lot of time alone especially I, I don't have any friends that live close. Um, when I make these drives right now, my wife and my daughter, my, my youngest daughter, can't go to be with me and my oldest daughter. 
not yet. Um, so I spend nine hours in the car by myself with just me and my thoughts and what was and what's going to be. That's, that's what I hang out with. When I sit at work, my nine to five, it's usually, I mean, not going to lie, it's a good couple hours of just me sitting there. Nothing really going on. I have a lot of time in my own head. And when I start getting down and I start beating myself up or starting to stress about things, I, I look back and go, well, dude, you could be a fucking burnout sitting on a futon that's stained with taquito cheese, blunt holes from fucking idiots falling asleep with a blunt in their hand and burning the goddamn futon mattress. Or from a cat hair all over it. You could be sitting on that. Again. Trying to be that guy. That was something I strove for. Was to be that guy. The guy that everybody wanted to party with. So whatever I got going on now. It's hard not to look and go. You're doing okay. <laughs> you're doing alright. My come up from the bottom. For me. It's, it's my life. I feel like in comparison to what I thought was possible in my life and what I was even worthy of getting is much higher than the man that I just told you a story about. It feels like two different people. So what I want to tell you is the mistakes of your past, the mistakes of Liam Neeson's past, the, the mistakes of the past of people in your life that doesn't necessarily reflect who they are now. That's important. But also, you have to look at the intention of everything. What is the person's intention? Is your intention to quit your job and sell weed and make tons of money? To be the coolest guy at the party? Or is it to turn around and make enough money to where you can you know, support your family and this and that? I'm not judging. I would never judge anyone for whatever decisions they choose to make in their life. There are just some roads that come with a shitload of complications. Um, that road and trying to be the outlaw thing is not an easy one. Um, but I love to talk to people that have lived that kind of similar upbringing because I can always connect with that on a a hustler type mentality. And I think everybody should have a little bit of that. I think that kind of what makes me. Everybody's been saying, Cam, you got to slow down. You got to slow down. And you guys can probably see it. Again, I'm very tired. If you guys want to see a visual representation of how tired I am, YouTube video. Um, but. I realize, like, why? Why do why do I do this to bring this full circle? Why do I do the podcast? And now I'm it's a contract thing that I have to do so many in a month. And why do I do that? And and the Instagram and work a nine to five. Husband, father here, father in Indiana. I got to do it all. Now I'm sick as fuck doing it. And people go, well, why? It's like because to 
to that guy sitting on the fucked up mattress, this guy is a goddamn superhero. And I feel like I'm on the brink of my potential. And I just have to keep working. I just have to keep working. And it's all because of that guy sitting back on the fucked up futon who didn't believe in himself. So I draw my motivation from my past. I don't need Gary Vee to tell me what the fuck to do. I don't need Eric Thomas to hype me up in the morning. I know that if I don't do some shit and make it a real deal Holyfield day and pack that bitch to the gills, one, if I don't pack it that busy, for me, there's more chance I get in trouble. I do dumb shit. When I'm alone by myself for long periods of time. I do. All the time. I fuck with things. And yeah, it's not good. I'm like a child or a a young puppy. I have to be packed that much to the gills. But also, I've gotten to a place in life I never thought was possible already. And I just implemented this whole new way of thinking two months ago. So if I keep pushing... And if you keep pushing, you have no idea what two months can do. And some of that is because of the person you were 10 years ago and the lessons you learned. So don't throw away your past so easy. A lot of people like to make up excuses. Well, you should just put that away and not talk about that. I hope you guys are at least talking about it to yourselves when you get some alone time. That's where inner peace comes. And that's where... Things like meditation and yoga and float tanks and stuff like that are easier when you've been willing to look at the ugliest parts of yourself, not giving a fuck what anyone thinks about them, and then come back to the present day and go, and look at me now. It's not perfect. Nothing is perfect. Trust me. Nothing in my life is perfect. But fucking A if it's not a thousand times better than it was even two years ago. When I was looking at seven to ten years in prison for drinking and driving because I hated myself so much. It's one of those situations, guys. If I can do it, you can do it. And I'm here to genuinely help you. I want to help you. And I hope that's what this podcast does. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I don't quite know how long we've been running. Um, but I, if you guys liked this episode, this is kind of the style I'd like to keep it for a while. Um, just life lessons again. Not so much breaking news. Um, we, I feel like we got into breaking news a lot and it started to fuck with the vibe of the podcast. Um, this one could have been me just being a space cadet and being overly tired and sick and I just need need to get all this stuff that's been on my head while I was, or been in my head while I was on the road, just get it out, so maybe that's what it was, uh, I don't know, either way, I hope you guys found value in it, sorry about my voice, um, I hope that, I hope that you guys are feeling what we're trying to do here, uh, I think you are, the numbers are showing that you are, and I want to thank every single one of you that shares this podcast with somebody else, if you guys wouldn't mind, do me a favor, subscribe, thumbs up, comment the more engagement you guys do the more people are going to see this uh you guys are you know street warriors out there you guys are all telling people at work and cousins and all that you guys are the bomb 
I love you so much. Uh, I, I don't say that enough. And everything that I am today and all this stuff that I talk about, it's because of you. You all make this possible. And without you, I don't. I, none of this happens. So, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, I will check in on you. Hopefully, well, I will talk to you Wednesday morning. Uh, and hopefully, I'm feeling better and don't sound uh, like death and probably look like death. I'm not going to watch this YouTube video back at all because um, I'm sure it's rough looking. All right, guys. I love you. Peace.